0: if you are a boutique store owner, this episode is specifically for you and your business. Perhaps you have felt the strain of the hyper-competitive landscape of the boutique clothing environment. We have some statistics to share with you about the clothing boutique business today, and also a few tips from me and my co-host Chris Fox on how to grow your clothing retail boutique business. You know, I think that with the competitive nature of the boutique space that you have to think differently than with a lot of different businesses. Obviously, the e-commerce world is very, very competitive for clothing. But even in a local environment, how can a boutique stand out from its competitors? In this episode, we're going to cover three things that I think could be a way for a clothing boutique business to set themselves apart from other competitors, whether that's big national chain competitors and clothing retailers, such as even the likes of Walmart, Target, Amazon, things like that, but also how you can set yourself apart from other local boutiques around you, maybe in the same town, maybe in towns next to you. Those three things that we talk about is how can a boutique grow their foot traffic How can a boutique have unique products and how can a boutique advertise online with different media channels and what would be the best way for them to do that? So though you might not be a retail clothing boutique owner, I think that these things can perhaps be great takeaways for you in your retail business. We are in the feed industry and sell horse feed and things like that in the Oklahoma City area and there's a lot of co uh, cohabitable with things in the, our business that directly correlate to the clothing boutique business. We obviously always want foot traffic. We obviously always want unique products. We obviously have to have unique ways to market and advertise online, even in our business and our industry is totally separate. So I hope even if you aren't in the clothing retail boutique business, that you can perhaps take away a lot of different things from this episode with me and my co-host, Chris fox hello and welcome to the better business podcast the podcast that helps you improve your family-owned retail business my name is steve cook i'm a third generation business owner and with the things i've learned and talk about on this show i've taken my family's retail business to over 10 million dollars in sales now let's get to the show Between 2017 and 2022, the boutique clothing business has shrunk 6.7% per year. Question in my mind, Christopher Fox, is why would someone get into this Mm -hmm. business? It seems like a boutique business is not only a shrinking industry, but also something that Every town has multiple of, um, many small towns that have hardly any restaurants or hardly any grocery stores even have one, two or three boutiques. Um, you know, and it kind of makes me think of what would I do if I was in this business? Would I, would I get into this business? Would I run it differently? And I know it's kind of unfair to, uh, maybe speak from an outsider's point of view, but I think that maybe someone could learn something from, um, a couple outsiders perspectives of what you could do, because sometimes when you're outside of the industry, maybe you have uh, different ideas or different opinions on something that somebody hasn't thought of in that industry. So, uh, first off, what do you think about the, uh, the business as a whole shrinking
1: 6.7% per year for the last five mm. years? Yeah, I, I, I think that that's. I think that's kind of almost a, a small a view of a bigger picture, of small town or hometown businesses um, shrinking in that way. And I, I want to say I, I think that what we've seen in the direct-to-consumer business, which is you know everybody who's not. Um, selling their products at Target or, you know, big box stores, but, but those websites and and it's very prevalent on Instagram, right? Um, all these brands that are selling these boutique items like skincare, uh, like clothing, like even, um, I think of even stuff that I buy like, uh, pocket knives and watches, all of the boutique, um, you know, focused direct to consumer brands are moving online and, and doing so much of that. So it makes me feel like, Um, maybe these local boutiques are suffering because of that and they probably feel like they can't compete, which, um, you know, hopefully we can give them a few ideas today, but that's a terrible place to be when you just feel like you're being overrun, not only by the Amazons, but also by the heavy hitter Instagram boutique brands.
0: Yeah. E-commerce as a whole is definitely a huge threat to a, a boutique business, seeing as how they have a very, uh, it's it's very capably able to be served through an e-commerce platform however i i do challenge that a lot you know i i think that a lot of people do like to see the things that they're buying and um a lot of the things in a boutique would be an impulse uh situation so um you know, and, in to put it in perspective, I thought, man, what is another like seemingly dying industry? Um, and as you know, we are in the feed industry. And so I was like, I'm going to look up the statistics on that from the same, from the same website. Uh, the feed industry for the last five years has grown 2.3% wow. per year. Um, and is expected to continue to grow. Uh, so I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know why a boutique business would be dying like you said unless it was e-commerce um overall is just kind of putting a dent into it um let's not negate the fact that COVID probably had quite a bit to do with uh, um you know people going around shopping and stuff like that in the last two years as well so uh who knows what all those are but here's the question what would you do if you ran a boutique business um Hmm. I think that is the uh the main question in my mind is would i run it differently would i um you know do anything differently than uh what i see a lot of boutique owners doing uh the first thing i thought about was definitely foot traffic um foot traffic would be something that i think um a boutique has a a essential uh desire to get foot traffic in the door. Um, because a lot of people that buy things at boutiques are not coming in there to buy a specific item. They're coming in to um, to they're coming in to basically uh you know shop around or waste time or to be entertained or to um, fulfill a certain amount of time with a with a friend or or a a daughter or mom or something like that is what i feel like um so foot traffic i think is the name of the game for for someone that is um trying to run a boutique how do you feel that would be the best way to get foot traffic for a small town boutique
1: i'll tell you one uh profound tip that a local, uh, family owned retail business, um, owner gave me several years ago. Um, and we were, we were just talking about, um, the growth of the district that their first location, uh, was in. And she said to me, I, I, because I asked, are you worried about these other competitors coming into this district as it grows? Cause they were a really early adopter of this, this part of town and she said to me no because retail begets retail and i was just so blown away by her confidence of that statement it has stuck with me uh i mean probably five six years at this point of understanding that it's exactly like you just said steve if people are showing up on foot uh, you know, people are coming to walk an area and shop as a form of entertainment, as an activity, right? Like we, we do it on a Saturday afternoon or when family comes into town or we take our, you know, friends. Um, then if you were going to do that, wouldn't you rather go to a place where there were 12 boutiques uh, than a place where there was one? And so I think that you're right. Foot traffic's the name of the game. And if you are considering opening a boutique or if you're suffering as a boutique owner and you're looking to make a change, one of my very first points to you would be, where are the people walking? Where is their foot traffic? And walking slash driving, I mean, you know, not all cities in the world are walkable. Uh, So where are people driving to so that they can easily access um, several options, whether that be restaurants or retail shops, um, or maybe it's a, a business district, that's probably lower on the priority list. But if you are in a place where people are not frequenting, they're not hanging out, just like we say in the digital space, Uh, This is true, you know, way before digital was ever a thing. If you're not where people are hanging out, that's something you got to change. And if you are where people are hanging out and it's not good enough or you can't move, then you have to do something to increase that foot traffic. There has to be a draw, some reason for people to show up
0: so what if you're in a downtown area and um that ship has sailed you already chosen an area and there's not a lot of retail around um there's you know maybe some offices and some things like that but you know i'm thinking about all these small town boutiques of um you know that have maybe a a minimum amount of drive-by traffic but there's not a lot of walk by traffic or anything like that that you would typically think of as, as people that are looking to shop um what what should you do in that situation um obviously trying to get other retailers to come into your town mm-hmm. and stuff like that. A, that's a that's a hard challenge. But B that would be a, a long term, you know, goal that would that could take five, ten years um to be able to accomplish something like that. Um what would you do to get foot traffic the first thing that came to my mind was um some forms of entertainment um whether it's working with you know some towns might be so small that you could even like block off main street and uh have some sort of concert or have some sort of uh, you see these like food truck uh, nights and things like that um i i was thinking some form of entertainment would be one of the best ways to get uh foot traffic now of course that would be a flood of people all at once um, you know one night a month or something like that so that would be a challenge um but i think staying on top of people's minds you know maybe 40 people came into your store you're only able to sell you know 15 or 20 but all 40 people might have you top of mind when they're looking for a birthday gift or something like that soon or anniversary or something um, what, what do you yeah. think about that? What, what's another way that somebody could do a, a more um, instantaneous foot traffic? Well,
1: I think build on that idea of entertainment. So entertainment certainly could be the concert, the food truck festival, the you know tent pole kind of thing where you get a flood of traffic. Um, but what is another form of entertainment, well, it's also just something to do, right? So maybe it's not entertainment where you invite a hundred people or a thousand people, but still being entertained is giving people something to do. So if you are, um, you know, you said clothing businesses up at the top of the episode for that stat, if you're a clothing boutique specifically, what is something that, that you could Create for your customers to do that would draw them in, and maybe it's not drawing them in at 40 people, you know, per session or whatever. Uh, but maybe it's something small like a uh, mom-daughter uh, date night shop event or something like that, where you send. Uh, not broad invitations but exclusive invitations to you know either some of your uh best customers or some of the best known you know uh, people in town and you make this small intimate event because again entertainment can be big and all-inclusive but it can also be just something to do something intimate um and so i would say turn your turn your mind there as well what if every quarter uh, of the year, you were able to have some kind of concert or a food truck festival at your location or near your location. And again, make friends with other businesses who are there. Maybe there aren't other boutiques, but there are restaurants, or maybe there are other offices. There's an insurance office. If there's you know um, uh, whatever, you can go and make partnerships there and say, hey, we're gonna have a food truck festival. Will you help me sponsor this? Because it'll be great for your service-based business, but it's gonna get a bunch of foot traffic for me too. So there are ways to make friends there, but going back to that intimate idea, if you do a big tent pole event every quarter or twice a year, maybe every month or every other month, you can do these smaller, more intimate things. If you, um, you know, let's go to the uh, guys' side of things. There are several men's boutiques in bigger cities like you know Denver. We have one or two here in Oklahoma City, Um, but those kinds of shops as well, essentially the same thing. What? What foot traffic can you draw by making small intentional events? So uh, maybe at that point, if you sell pocket knives um, and you have these outstanding, you know, beautiful, well-made pocket knives, but you just do like a a little whittling class and it's for, you know, ages, whatever, five to 12. And so all these dads bring their sons to this whittling class given for free at the at this, you know, high-end knife boutique. Well, now not only have you brought in more people and foot traffic, uh, created better memories around your brand with your clients, you've also introduced a second generation of potential clients. So there are all kinds of events, um, again, that go back to your point, Steve, of what is entertainment? What is just something to do that as a boutique drives foot traffic? Um, And then I think my last piece of advice would be, whatever you do, do not overdo it to the point where you're miserable. Don't run yourself ragged Doing one of these every week, uh, that's not the answer. The answer is absolutely quality over quantity. You're just going to have to take more time to think about that and plan it uh, than just throwing something together each week. That will burn you out really fast and won't do your business any good.
0: Well, and if you have an event, you know, I've, I've feared this too. You don't want to put it on a pedestal where you, if it's not perfect, I can't, you know, then you don't even have the event. So but true. at the same time, I think if you, if you don't respect it, you can lose a lot of people's trust. If you have an event and 20 people come and it sucks. Um, yeah. you know, I think you do have, stand to lose people's trust. You're making a name for um, yourself either way. Things.
1: Right. Your, your, your reputation right. is either you put on these once every so often really great events, or you put on terrible events and you're stressed out and nobody really wants to come.
0: Yeah. So the, second thing i was thinking about if i owned a boutique in 2022 is that you have to have unique products i think this stands for any retailer um not only clothing boutiques i think that any retailer in 2022 has to figure out a way if you sell shoes how to sell something besides nike Reebok. Adidas, you know, all those different things. If you are a grocery um, store retailer, I think you have to figure out how to not just sell Highland and, you know, general mills and all of those things on and on. It goes uh, with those examples, but a boutique, especially, I think you have to have not only um, off brand different clothing. I think a lot of boutiques have that. Um, But I think you should have some sort of way that your products tie you to your highest potential audience what is your highest potential audience um let's say if you're in a certain town i was thinking that i think probably the best way to do that would be to um play on the schools nearby you whether that's the the um you know town that you're actually in but also some of the surrounding towns um whether you you know try to target uh something that the high school did that was funny whether you try to um you know i i was thinking about uh there's a, uh, a town talk page on every town. Um, I think probably in some of the bigger towns, there's multiple different town talk pages. And there's like inside jokes within those town talk pages. Um, you know, whether you had a shirt with like some of the inside jokes on there or something like that, I think that that would tie you to the community and that would make you different than Target. That would make you different than Amazon, Walmart, any any clothing retailer um, or retailer in general. Uh, what are your thoughts around kind of some of these unique products
1: i think that's a great idea first of all just for the community connectedness i think when people feel uh like you you as a business belong to them that's really powerful i mean that's a that's a different level of loyalty than i just really enjoy going and shopping at this place um you know they they are our people or we feel like we own them that's our local boutique who does the best you know high school shirts or inside jokes around our town. But I think, uh, you know, if you're feeling not very connected to your community as a boutique, uh, there are other ways you could take that and still do unique products. Uh, Again, going back to who is your unique um, or most ideal customer and what are they expecting? So maybe you don't just have a unique singular product, you have a unique product group. And so if it is that grocery store, you know, this is kind of an overdone thing now, but maybe you do organic grocery, that's not a really great idea anymore because so many people do it, but you get where we're going with that. Um, What are the product categories that you can align with your ideal customer? And yeah, you have to take into account your geography and your town and how well your product works uh, on e-commerce. But again, if you're going to have a physical space, you can't just sell online, you have to sell and give people a reason to show up. Otherwise, you're an e-commerce brand, and that's a different episode and probably a different set of of pieces of advice. If you have that location, own your geography, build a community there, but also uh, set yourself apart um, to find find those unique products and make it part of your brand's core marketing message. This is who we are, this is what we sell, we are for you and repeat those messages constantly in your, uh, you know, geography and your online audiences, uh, in your physical marketing, because that's, what's going to help people understand that you are different. Um, and that's a reason we should go to XYZ boutique rather than going to target the next town over, or rather than going, you know, and shopping uh, on Amazon or even on our Instagram, uh, direct to consumer brands make these people understand that you are in their community and for them in these following ways, and that will help set you apart and your products.
0: The uh, third and final thing that I had thought of was how would I advertise? How would I market if I had a, a clothing boutique? I think that selling clothes online has got to be towards the top of it's got to be in the conversation of most competitive uh things i i i think that there's no other industry that spends the amount of advertising and marketing and um things like that online as clothes in general um so how would you advertise and market your um clothing boutique is is the question that came in my mind and I think one thing that could set you apart is focusing again on a local community Um, instead of going for, you know, even like selling online um, and posting online and doing things like that. I think that it is important uh, with, you know, all businesses, but I feel like you can really, really get lost in a sea of, again, boutiques and clothing retailers all around you um, if you are just trying to sell a certain t-shirt or you're just trying to sell this outfit or whatever it might be everyone else is doing that as well and just saying that i'm local and i'm from this town isn't going to necessarily set you apart i don't feel like to a general audience um how would you how would you market and advertise your your clothing boutique
1: Hmm. i feel like i love what you said you know again going back to winning your community being known in your community um there are there are just tons of really great uh ideas for local marketing i I would say just a a word of advice and and maybe some permission to not care about certain things especially small businesses get so caught up in caring about how paid social can impact their brand or not whether or not their website is seo optimized or you know organically seoed um gosh, just other things. Anything that you're gonna pay a lot of money for or spend a lot of time doing. You
0: think that's a fool's errand? Well for this I think that's, for this.
1: What business? I'm trying to say is like they just get so caught up in expecting that. They as a small business see themselves as a direct competitor to Amazon. And I get the relation. Yeah. Like it sucks that Amazon is so ruthless in taking small business away. Walmart did it in the you know eighties and nineties, um, and towns complained about it a ton then too. But here's the deal, don't, if you're not competing with them, which you're not in some ways, don't advertise or market like them. And that's where a lot of business owners I think get really caught up in this idea of I don't know how to market my boutique because I don't have a $10,000 a month ad budget. First of all, that's ridiculous. That is a fool's errand. Don't do that. There are ways that you could spend $1,000 maybe, even if that, to market yourself locally. and that's what I think we have to reset that mind for stop. If you're not going to be the big budget, big box companies, you didn't want to start that business. You started a boutique. So you need to market like a boutique. And that I think is the same thing. If you're picking products that are very specific for a certain kind of person, go find that person and either talk directly to them or find out where they're hanging out. And, um, and deliver, uh, you know, your advertising or your marketing in that space. I'll give you a good example. Um, There is a, um, like a nutrition shop, which I don't know how it's going around the rest of the country, but like nutrition shops or tea shops, uh, shakes, they just basically sell like meal replacement shakes and energy teas. There's one here in my hometown and my kid in high school, came home one day saying that we had to go to this nutrition shop to get a tea because everybody is posting about it on Instagram. And this is a tiny business in a tiny shopping center, you know, on the south side of our town and they literally built an influencer program out of local high school students posting on Instagram using this specific hashtag. and. It's it. The important thing I think about it is I was amazed because that did not need to be the target level Instagram uh, influencer campaign. It was a very simple, very straightforward, probably free. As in, we'll give you free tea or shakes, um, you know, to these five kids, five high schoolers in our town, and it impacted buying decisions um, for. Teenagers who had never, we've, my family has never been to a nutrition shop like that. He didn't know anything about what it was. He just knew it was cool and he wanted to go. And that's a way you can build awareness. Now, then of course, we got a sales funnel. We got to talk about how to track some of that. And that's all for another time. But that's the point of, of what I'm trying to say is don't think that you're just going to go out and buy a bunch of Facebook ads. And that's what's going to grow your local boutique business. How are ways you can dig into the roots in your community And you actually get to ignore everything those big box stores or, you know, big brands do uh, because you're not playing in the same arena as them at all.
0: Yeah, I I think I love that uh, example from that. I was thinking, you know, with a boutique, who wouldn't like to see their daughter or which high school girl wouldn't like to get a certain amount of pictures taken uh with their clothes on you could use them as quote-unquote models um you know i think every high school girl would be flattered to be a uh, model for a boutique, whether it was, you know, a big boutique or a small boutique, I think that they would find that flattering. Yeah. Um, and you know, I can only imagine the amount of, uh, moms and friends and, uh, parents that would share all of those things too. Um, because their daughter is on the picture. Um, totally. you know, so I was just thinking about stuff like that, thinking differently with local, with the local aspect of, um, you know, not using dollars necessarily. You almost have to think outside of the box yeah. with a local business than than what a lot of people um, would naturally go to. You know, and I think this flies in the face of if you Google crap like this, like how to grow a boutique sales. I haven't done it, but I, I would imagine that the the majority of the advice would be to uh, focus on SEO, um, to make sure all the products are on Instagram Shop, to you know make sure that you're running facebook ads things like that. I think that a lot of a lot of places would probably naturally go to that and not saying that that you can't get that business eventually right. and work on that, but I think that that's a totally different mindset. You're not going to have a 2000 square foot store on main street and be set up as the super efficient warehouse e-commerce business like some of these other people are are trying to accomplish it, it, you're just in a totally different game yeah. you're not you're not playing the same game and so why try to spend money in marketing um on that that same deal and
1: let's just say any other uh, yeah here's my closing thought and then and then we'll we'll wrap but just like you just said here's the thing i want small business owners to hear all of that does move the needle in some way. Should your website be organically search engine optimized? Sure. At some point, uh, should you, you know, hand out discount cards to some micro influencers locally? Sure. At some point when you sit down and you were to make a list of all the marketing ideas that you as a local boutique could do, you're not going to be able to do all of them. You're not going to want to do all of them. And not all of them are going to be Um, as impactful as the next. So your job as a business owner is not to do it all. It's not to be overwhelmed and get miserable and paralyzed by the fact that you haven't set up your Instagram shop, by the fact that you haven't done SEO on your website, by the fact that you haven't contacted a local micro-influencer. You have to pick and choose. And this is just true of everything in life. We all know this, you know this in the way that you live your personal life. You don't have enough money and time to do everything that you want to do in the world. Neither do you have enough money and time to do everything you want to do in your business and specifically even in your marketing. So pick and choose. Ask yourself what you feel like is gonna make the biggest impact for the time and the cash that you have to invest in it. And try that. And then and literally ignore the other things. Like this is me, a marketer, telling you, if it isn't beneficial to you to post on Instagram, don't post on Instagram at all and focus on the other two or three marketing avenues that you're trying to grow your business through. If you got five high schoolers as a local clothing boutique or a nutrition shop um, to be micro-influencers for you, what do they get, what do you expect of them, and how do you measure it? And then that's all you focus on for that time. Don't worry about you know posting anything somewhere else. Don't worry about your website or SEO yet. How do you get that fastest pass to cash so that you're a sustainable business. Um, so I think that business owners need to hear this. When we're saying, how do you grow a boutique in 2022? You sit down and think about what's best for your business. You pick a couple of directions to go and you chase those marketing channels down and you ignore everything else.
0: Yeah, a thousand percent. I uh, totally agree with all those things. I also think, you know, what a lot of the best Boutiques, quote unquote, uh, which is people selling clothing, have done is they set up a consistency in their business. You know, I think that's why some of uh, Target's sales are so powerful is they also sell groceries, which is a consistent customer base that has to come back once a week, every other week, and then they have uh, loads of clothes to sell them in between the aisles and things like that. So. You know if there's some sort of consistency that you have to find whether it's a consistent marketing strategy that works whether it's a consistent uh, product that someone has to come back and buy over and over whether it's a consistent event that you have over and over that consistently brings traffic to your location whatever that consistency is if you can find something that brings people back over and over um, if your product is not something that does which you know a lot of boutiques don't have products in their location that people quote-unquote have to have um, then you have to find something else that's consistent whether it's your marketing whether it's events or or things of the like thank you so much for listening to this episode with me and i can't remember what i called you last time the wise old owl Chris yeah, Christopher that's it fox maybe that's it. something like that the wise old owl uh chris fox with fox strategy if you have any marketing question chris owns a marketing business and he can help you further with that i have nothing to sell you besides horse feed thank you for listening to this episode